Orlando Mendez's unique journey from a childhood dreamer to becoming the Cuban cowboy is a testament to his unwavering determination and a love for storytelling through music. Now, Orlando's roots are steeped in his Cuban heritage, infusing his music with a very distinct blend of cultural richness and a contemporary country sound. Now, with a background in acting and a standout performance on The Voice, where he secured a spot in the top 20 during season 22, he has honed his ability to command the stage and connect deeply with his audience. Now, one of his newest singles, Heart on the Line, delves into the universal themes of love, vulnerability, and self-discovery. Now, Heart on the Line is a precursor to Orlando's forthcoming EP, titled Where I Am Right Now, and this EP promises a collection of songs that offer an intimate glimpse into Orlando's personal journey, inviting listeners to connect with his experiences and emotions. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the Cuban cowboy himself, Orlando Mendez, to the show. Welcome, Orlando. Hey, Ward. How you doing? Thank you for having me on. Man, absolutely. I've been absolutely loving all of your songs, but I got to ask, when when did you get interested in music? So I, I I remember singing, I mean, way back since I was a kid, I remember running around my house and uh, I'd put on, I'd put on a, a jacket or a robe to feel like a rock star. And I'd wow my parents with crazy performances of U2 and uh, Dave Matthews Band and Nirvana and all the things I grew up listening to which were my dad's favorites. Uh, so I remember singing as long as I can, uh, as I can recollect here, but I, I think it really, my music career really, really uh, took off a few years ago when I, I sat down over the, over the pandemic and learned how to play guitar, really started writing. Wow. So it was the pandemic that kind of made you get serious because, well, I guess with the downtime, uh, you know, a lot of people were trying to, uh, well, find themselves find out what they were good at or talented. And so you chose music. Right. Yeah. I had a lot of time to sit there as we all did and uh, decided this was the time to pick up the guitar, take my songwriting to the next level and get serious about, uh, about writing music. Well, did you grow up in a musical family? I'm the only person in my family with musical talents. I mean, my uh, uncle on my mom's side, he did play piano. He was in core, he was in choirs and choruses. So I learned a whole lot from him. Uh, but in terms of my immediate five family members at home, I'm the only one who does anything in the music world. Well, then, then how did how did you get discovered to go on to The Voice? That was uh, that was a uh, that was kind of on a whim. I'll tell you, I had The Voice uh, sends out these casting calls. I had them coming across my desk because of former acting uh, acting casting calls that I would get all the time. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to get involved in that. I don't think I want to be on a TV show for singing. Uh, and I had a friend who saw it one day and he pushed me. He's like, I want you to audition for this. And I was like, I don't I don't think it's for me. He said, well, if you're not going to sign up, I'm going to sign you up for it. So you're doing it. And here we are. You know, it, it kind of was a special experience. So that's funny because I was going to ask you where the whole acting thing came from. So. For a lot of people, for a lot of you out there that don't understand the whole thing about acting, uh, Orlando, were you, did you, did you have your, did you have your accounts on like uh, Actor Access and Casting Network and Casting Frontier, you know for example? Yeah, backstage, all, all of them. Yeah, I got my own. So, <laughs> because I know what the emails look like because they constantly come in and you're, and you're scanning through going, yeah, I can do that. 
Right. You're trying to put yourself in all these different parts. You're like, eh, I could, I could pass for 40. I, I could do an, I could do a 15 year old. You know, you're trying to put, cast yourself in all these parts. So, so actually the voice sent out one of those through one of the casting sites. Right. Yeah. It was through, That's crazy. I, I don't remember which one, but it, yeah. You know, I've heard so many different stories when it comes to the voice to where there would be artists that would be, you know, performing in a club and then they would get a phone call. Hey, the voice is wanting to know if you want to come on. And I'm, and it's just strange on how everybody across the U.S. gets discovered or gets invited and, you know, to be on the voice. But with you, it's really cool because you have a different flavor and, you know, especially with the influence of your Cuban heritage, um, how much did that play into to your music? And was that a plus on The Voice? Yeah, well, I, I try to use all of my background uh, in terms of influences and inspiration uh, in my music. Obviously, I grew up in a uh, Cuban-American home where we kind of wear our heart on our sleeves and we feel deeply. We, we celebrate it to the extreme, but we also... Uh, we feel real deeply and, and grieve uh, pretty hard as well. So that influences my songs, my music. And when I went on The Voice, they thought it was a great story. Like my grandparents coming from Cuba after the Fidel regime, and they, they were, my family was there for generations and lost everything after the dictatorship took over, you know, confiscated their land and left with just the clothes on their back. Uh, so they've, they found that story fascinating. And it's kind of a story of, of the American, the American dream, really, uh, and sacrifice. You know, I was going to ask you because I know that, you know, things like The Voice, American Idol, it's the stories that they create of the upcoming artist to really sell it to the public. But I like the fact that they dive into certain backgrounds, and like yours is perfect. I mean, so was it your grandparents that came over uh, from Cuba before uh, Castro took over? Yeah. So they were ranchers and tobacco farmers for generations in Cuba. And uh, once the Castro regime took over, the government pretty much confiscated their farm and their land and said, this is ours now. You can stay, but everything goes to the state or you can leave. But all you're leaving with is the clothes on your back. And my grandparents said, I want better opportunity for our children. And for me, my, you know, their kids' kids. And so um, they they left and found solace in uh, Miami. Have you ever, have you ever <clears throat> given any thought what would have happened if they would have stayed and you were born in Cuba? Have you ever thought yeah, about what I, your life would be there versus here? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I am truly privileged and honored and love the heck out of this country for taking my grandparents in. Um, because over there, I they don't have the opportunity that we have. I might be just, you know, struggling to eat and make ends meet over there. And, and I'm here in America pursuing a, a, a lifelong dream of mine. Well, being in Miami, um, is there a country music scene there? Yeah, well, you'd be surprised. I mean, I saw it grow, right? I, f I started a few years ago and in the beginning, the country music scene in, in Miami was small. It was a niche, you know, uh, but I saw it grow and I saw it expand through most of South Florida. People started, you know, people started really craving country music and live country music. And uh, I was able to kind of capitalize on that. Well, let me ask you this, because because your heritage is Cuban 
Yeah. Does the media do they do they have the tendency to call you Latino or Hispanic, even though you're from Cuba? And because it's, I mean, you're Cuban. You're neither one of the others, right? You yeah. Know? No, they usually do classify me as you know one of those Latino Hispanic. Um, you know, I'm from a Caribbean island, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, uh, you know, my family, I'm second generation. So my parents were born here in the States. And um, I, I more than anything, I uh, I kind of feel, you know, I feel American. Well, yeah. I, you know, because what, what my question is, is that one of the biggest areas of country music that really hasn't been, well, really hasn't been tapped into probably since the 70s or very early 80s is we don't see a lot of Hispanic country artists. I mean, the, if I think back, it was Johnny Rodriguez, uh, yeah. Freddie Fender. And mm-hmm. I think today's country music is missing so much more because it's a very a large section of our population. And with you, though, you stand out because you have this very strong cuban heritage and i think that's a tremendous plus for you absolutely and it's a big part of what i'm trying to do is bring my call you know bring my background and my culture to my passion which is country music i think it's a beautiful blend and a a beautiful marriage and uh you'll see that in the in the few songs that i release in this upcoming year i try to make a little blend well, I can't wait to hear those songs. And, uh, and I've got to ask you one more question on, about the voice because I'm actually, I'm actually astonished that during the pandemic, here you are, you're, you're learning writing songs, you're, you're, you know, getting better at playing guitar. And then just within a few short years from pandemic to now, it's must been one very wild ride. But how did it feel to have a four chair turnaround from the judges? Well, I always say that was the biggest surprise, the biggest shock of my life. I truly went in there just praying for one chair to turn. I just wanted to be on the show. You know, I just wanted to be in the game and never in my wildest dreams imagined four. That's the honest truth. And so to get a four chair turn was a surreal moment and still one of the biggest shocks of my life. Well, what's the best advice you ever received from one of the judges? You know, they pushed us to embrace what they call our star power, right? What makes us unique, what we feel when we're on stage and to own it, you know, own who you are as an artist. And when you get out there on stage, do what you do best. And so that gave me a lot of confidence to kind of embrace who I am. I love that. I mean, because, you know, we've heard so many different stories from a lot of these shows and a lot of the, the recording artists that have been birthed from these shows some of them, they don't seem to get a whole lot of advice. It seems like they were instilled more with fear. I mean, when I mm-hmm. when I talk to artists that were on American Idol versus The Voice, The Voice seems to be a better experience where American Idol is almost like being run through the ringer of fear and almost right. as if you were in the media going through a cancel culture type of situation because it's heartbreaking on that side of things. So I think The Voice has a better platform. For sure. I mean, I loved my time on The Voice, but there is this constant uh, feeling of like impending doom at any second you could be sent home. And, you know, 
this show becomes your world for for a little while and so that that weighs heavy on you that at any moment it could be stripped away but for me it was a completely positive experience and i tried to take as much from it as i could yeah i just like love the fact that you know you were so unique you're extremely talented there is no doubt about that and you know your songs are so great i've been spending the last couple of weeks you know getting into the whole orlando mendez vibe uh, tell us the inspiration behind one of the hit singles, uh, Heart on the Line. So that song was written right after I came off of The Voice. It was a, it was a pretty transformative uh, span of time for me. I came off The Voice, and like I said, this whole world that had been built up was kind of stripped for me in an instant, and I'm back at home figuring out what's next. You know, who's, who's still here? Who's still with me? what are the next moves and next steps? And it was a really vulnerable place. Um, and so I wrote that song out of the depths of my, of my heart and, and what felt like a lonely time. You know, you bring up a point that a lot of people don't talk about. And we'll use the voice as an example, because for a lot of artists and the ones that I've talked to, it has been the best jump start to a career where instead of, you know, going in and singing in bars for free on the weekends and maybe peddling a CD and a t-shirt and just trying to get a following. The voice really puts artists out there immediately. So you're you're running this high for a few weeks on the show. Then when you get home, how hard is it to go from all of that to it's almost like instant quiet? And like you said, now you got to figure out the next step. Right. It's hard, man. It's it's feels lonely at times cuz no one back at home went through that experience with you. They don't know what you went through. They don't know the day in day out, the grind, um the anxiety inducing, you know, <laughs> uh, feeling that you that you had throughout the process and like you said, there's no map or there's no road map for after the show. It's just you know, you got your exposure, you got your advice and good luck. And so now it's up to you to figure it out. You know, the adrenaline rush must yeah. be extremely high. And then to come off of that, how, so when you come off of that and you're at home, how do you start building the team around you so you can start getting your songs out there and getting heard and playing off the fact, because I know that, you know, you have to use that in all of your press releases, you know, top 20 on The Voice, season 22, which does do a lot of great things. Uh, how do you build the team? Yeah, you got to find people who want to advance your career, right? Now it's not only voice contestant, but it's also artist, right? And, and, so you got to find people who believe in you. I was blessed to find uh, Paul Worley, legendary country producer, and his son, Nick Worley, who I've been working with for the past year. I was blessed to find people like Bob, Bob Reeves, who, who's my manager now, and people who believe in me and want to see me take this beyond just, you know, a voice, former voice contestant and be Orlando Mendez national country star, right? So um, I've been blessed with the team I've been able to put together. Did they see, did they, did they look at your uniqueness based on your Cuban heritage, knew, knew, knowing 
that that was an element that kind of separated you from everybody else to stand out, you know, uh, amongst all the other, you know, the thousand of dreamers, I would say, that hoped to make it big. Absolutely. And they thought that I should, you know, lean into it, lean into that you are not, you know, you are not the same as every country artist. You know, you have a little bit of a different background and some different flavor to you. Lean into it and lean into it with your, uh, also lean into the way that you think and the way you feel, wear your heart in your sleeve, write those songs and let's, uh, let's carry on. Now, now that, now that you're in Nashville, uh, do you ever go into songwriting circles? Yeah, I do. And I'm trying to get into a lot more. Uh, it's kind of like the thing here in Nashville is the songwriters run this place. And so what, what's it like when you, uh, actually went into a few of them for the first time? Yeah, the first one was kind of nerve-wracking, right? You, I've been writing by myself in my room for so long that coming into a room with other great, uh, you know, with these great writers who've been writing with others for a while, I, uh, I was just, I was just hoping I could carry my weight. Well, did did you uh, pick up anything new or learn a new technique or a thought pattern when it comes to writing songs after definitely. coming out of one of those circles? Yeah, definitely. You know, you, you take their process and how they work and a lot of them focus around the hook and getting a really great foundation in your chorus and building out the story. Um, and I didn't always work like that. So I think it's a great and a new way that I, that I think. You know, I think back, uh, probably the best time in country music where the, where the hooks, I mean, just, I mean, it was... Every song. I mean, when Randy Travis hit the airwaves, and a lot of those songs were written by um, Paul Overstreet, and I think it was um, Don Schlitz, I believe, uh, that was also one of the songwriters on a lot of those songs. It was one hook right after the... I mean, they could do no wrong. Now when I listen to Today's Country... A lot of stuff on the radio, I'm thinking, where's the hook? You know, the hook right. is what sells the song. It's the hook that causes the listener to not just to remember the song, but to sing along with the song and get it stuck in your head. Because once you get a song stuck in someone's head, you got a hit. For sure. And it's called, like you said, it's called a hook for a reason. So you got a hook in the listener, which is what I try, try to do, hook in the listener with, with that chorus and then they'll listen to the story and be invested in what's going on in the song, what you're trying to say. You know, w- one of my favorite songs that you have out right now is where I am, where I am right now. And, and I just love the song from beginning to end. You, the listener picks up the song very easily. Um, it's easy to start singing along with you on that song. Uh, the melody is incredible. I mean, where did that song come from? What's the backstory? So I didn't write that song. That song was written by a couple of great writers here in Nashville and gifted to me. It was written by Jesse Alexander and Reed Isbell, who's, you know, they've both written for some huge stars and also Jason Nix, who wrote, you know, has been writing for Lainey Wilson. And uh, the second I heard that song, though, I understood and I felt the story deeply, right? It's about, uh, it's about being stuck in the past being stuck in a heartbreak and not being able to get over the memories. And no matter where you are, you're back there in those beautiful memories that you and, and this, uh, this ex lover made together. So, uh, I was like, 
this song touches me and will touch anyone who hears it, I have to record it. It's just a great song. I could almost picture this song, and I could be wrong. I could almost picture the song as a duet with you and someone else singing it. It'd be nice. Yeah, it, it, would, be really it nice. would be because it's just when I hear the song, it's the type of song that I would want to hear on the radio because I could, you could be driving down the road. The song comes on and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, finally they're playing a good one. And that's what this song is. It's a good one. And it's right. a very good one. And ladies and gentlemen, you've got to, to get online and you've got to listen to this incredible song called where I am right now. Now I understand too, is this going to be the title of the new upcoming EP? Yes, this will be the title where I am right now. I think it perfectly uh, captures what I'm trying to do with this EP, which is give everyone a taste of me and my background, but also where I am and where I'm going. Well, you got a brand new grittier song called Bad Decisions. What's that all about? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a change for me, right? It's a little uh, switch switch up from what I've been doing, which is mostly heartfelt stuff and ballads. This is a rocker. It's a pure country rocker, and it kind of shows a different side of me. I grew, up, I grew up, like I mentioned before, listening to Nirvana and U2 and Green Day and Pearl Jam. And so I've always been in love with rock and roll and in love with country. Did a little country rock uh, anthem here to have some fun with. Well, it's great to have it's great to have a song that's full of a lot of attitude and it also makes the stage show that much better. Yeah, definitely. It's been fun playing it live, I'll tell you that. Well, when do you plan on releasing the new EP and is there a possible LP in the future? Yeah, so we're in we're in the works of planning all that right now. The EP will probably be uh February of next year, February, March, uh and then there's an LP in the works for uh, fall of 2024. Wow. I mean, for 2024, you're going to be pretty busy. Do you, are you setting up a tour? Yeah. I hope to be uh, all over the States. You know, we'll be in back in Florida a whole lot, but also a bunch of the Southeast, maybe make our way up to the uh, Northeast there as well. So all of that is in the works as we speak. Well, is this going to be a solo tour or are you going to be uh, maybe opening up for some of the big acts out there? That's that's the uh, that's the hope and the goal at this point is to you know hook on with a few bigger acts and and start doing some opening shows. It's big time for an up and coming artist like myself. So well, I, I think that you would just add to anyone's tour. Uh, and so, ladies and gentlemen, hey uh, hey, Laney, if you're listening, or Miranda, or Luke Combs out there, or Blake Shelton, know. since you gave up the chair. <laughs> Uh, hey, Orlando is right here, and I think you would be an incredible opening act for you, Blake. So, uh, you need to give him a phone call. And Orlando, man, seriously, uh, you have exactly what it takes to be a big country superstar. And, you know, like the voice, you know, taught you, own it. So, the way I would look at it is own that superstar because you are one. Thank you, man. It's been. It's been a great journey so far, and I'm excited for what's next, and I'm honored to have been here on your show. Man, so, you know, with a with a, a very promising uh, up-and-coming uh, country music career, do you have some things on your bucket list you want to accomplish? No doubt. There's a, there's a lot of them. Uh, one of them is to release a ton of music, 
you you touched on an LP. That's always been a dream of mine is to have an album out there. I think what's coming next after that, I want to make a Grand Ole Opry debut. Uh, I want to play the Ryman. I want to start getting out into these festivals, which I've attended in the past, you know, these bigger, bigger country festivals and uh, hopefully headline a tour sometime in the, uh, in the near future. Oh, I'm sure that's going to happen. And I just love the fact that you, you know, your own star stands out among so many people that I've ever interviewed. And I love different and different means good in my book. And, uh, so you really got to play up that whole Cuban cowboy thing. And, uh, and I, and I think it's going to bode you very, very well in your career, but more importantly, you've got the songs, you got the voice and you got the talent to, uh, to make it big in this business. Thank you, Ward. That means a lot to me. And, uh, I know you've interviewed the best of the best. So that is, uh, that is an honor coming from your mouth man well you you are very very welcome and i'm and i absolutely honestly and sincerely mean it uh because you do have incredible songs and ladies and gentlemen hey you got to become an orlando mendez fan just like i am you need to go to orlando mendezmusic.com for his music his upcoming tour dates the new upcoming ep and so much more and hey orlando you got to show us the little logo because you got brand new merch so we we got to push the merch Yes, sir. Look at that. We got the Orlando Mendez cowboy hoodie with the name on the sleeve. We got a cool design in the back. So brand new merch. You can find it on my website, orlandomendezmusic.com. That's it. And ladies and gentlemen, you know I'm a big proponent. And I'm going to tell you again right here and now that we buy the music. We buy the merch. We buy the concert ticket because... It, we, it helps us not only to support our favorite artist, it helps them to continue to do what they love to give us the music we love. And not only that, there are so many people in the music business that are behind the artist. There's songwriters, there's roadies, there's the crew. It goes on and on. But nobody works for free and nobody needs to be working for free. So stop downloading for free. Hey, and pay, buy the EP, okay? Buy the t- Go on to the website, buy his t-shirts, buy the hoodies, because that's what we want to do. We want to support the music industry, and especially with people like Orlando Mendez giving us the music that is going to be timeless in years to come, because better keep your eye out for this guy here. He's going to go straight to the top, because he's got something that is so special and so much different than what we've been hearing on the radio not to say that what's on the radio is bad, but hey, I like good, I like different, and I love the standouts. And this guy, Orlando Mendez, is the standout. Man, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show to share some of your backstory, your heritage, the voice, and of course, these incredible brand new songs. Thank you, man. This has been uh, a pleasure and an honor to meet you and to be here on your show. It's amazing. Well, Orlando, you are always welcome back here. So when that EP gets debuted, we got to come back, talk about the brand new songs that we have not heard yet because I can't wait to hear those. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, check out some of Orlando's incredible songs like Heart on the Line, Where I Am Right Now, and that the new gritty single, Bad Decisions. And when he comes to your town, what are you going to do? You're going to buy the concert ticket and you're going to go out there and have 
a blast and a whole lot of fun at an Orlando Mendez concert. I can guarantee you that. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for watching. I want to thank you for listening. And for me, I'll see you next time.